Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Welcome to Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host, Nate, Micah, Andy, and returning guest, Dustin Williams. You screwed up. Well, you were supposed to come up with a new... Dude, I, I realize yeah. that. They kinda, he kind of caught you off guard a little he bit. Did. How did I catch you off guard? I said well, we're three, kinda, two, Well, we're kind of doing it a little different than we normally do it, so... No, we've done it like this a million times. No. We've got our buddy Dustin with us this week. What's Dustin on, with Dustin? Habitat Works. What's up, man? What's up, everybody? We are here. And we're <laughs> just kidding. No we're here. We we're literally here. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's actually been a really nice day today for the most part. For the, like the it's not when I was outside, it was hot. Yeah, so that that's kind of nice. But not, not ninety thousand degrees this time, dude. dude so, earlier it was like I was over in St. Louis for work and I had sweat dripping down my ass crack. Yeah, I, I mowed my yard Monday evening. And I, I just wore Crocs whenever I mow. And so when I was done, I just washed them off and I put them on my back deck. I got them the next evening and they shrunk. They, <laughs> they, it got so hot, it shrunk my Crocs. It's pretty bad. So and they're not, uncomfortable as hell now. So, so I got to have a new pair of Crocs for both fishing. The first problem is you should have been wearing the white New Balances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing my dad attire. <laughs> Your dad attire is all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. So today's show, uh, we got Dustin on with Habitat Works, and we're going to talk about summer work. Uh, we're going to talk about other stuff too, but that's what we're going to do today. Uh, I'm excited about doing it. Uh, our last show with Dustin, a lot of people had a lot of questions afterwards. Went pretty awesome, and so uh, we thought, oh, we should just have him on like every season, season and talk about. We screwed up, and we should actually put a feeler out there if somebody had a question to maybe ask that tonight. That's a good point. Thanks for bringing up my ineptitude to everybody <laughs> next season next season yeah um but we'll get you we, in the fall <laughs> <laughs> before we get into it let's do our sponsors for this week uh who you want to start with we are save the best for last all right we'll start with black ovis like them <laughs> black this, ovis. Is our, this is our first time using our new smart tv in our uh studio yeah it's a little and different. i'm having some fun with it yeah so black ovis uh, I used their Arrow ID not too long ago. I need to go out and shoot some more because, uh, you know, you definitely need to be oh, practicing this, this time. time of year. But Ooh, look here. They're having a spring clearance sale. Yeah, 20% 20% off. off. 
So that's well, not. Well, shoot. There you go. But yeah, go on there. Get on. Uh, what was that giveaway they got right there? The elk? What does that go back? $5,000 Black Ovis, Black gift, Ovis card. gift cards. Hell Two win. winners of 2500 $2, each. That's a pretty good deal. With the Elk Collective. That'll work. Check that out. How you can go there is blackovis.com. Use the code MWW10. I think I got that right. For 10% off. Yep. Error ID, all that stuff. Yeah. Or uh, hit up that 20% they got going. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just for uh, Merino base layers. Oh. Which, oh, yeah. Which... Would recommend as well. Yeah. Their, their base layers are pretty sweet. I need to get my archery shit in gear. I think about doing the arrow builder too. Dude, man, it, they're awesome. I don't know if it was just my shooting or what, but I felt like my 60 yard has gotten tighter. That's all I've shot them at so far is just 60 yards because that's where my furthest target is. That's the only thing I got set up right now. It's like a four by four block. Right. And I mean, maybe I'm just, you know, fresh, right. I guess. I don't know. But yeah, they flew great. Um, sister company camo fire also badass yeah. i'm on i'm on i'm just gonna do this every week because it's it's getting let's to tell people that what's on there that they yeah. can't buy now they got waiters might be different tomorrow might exactly. exactly it will be different tomorrow exactly. that's the thing so that by the time they hear this none of this stuff's gonna well, be on it doesn't there. matter the app on your phone tells you how long it has yeah left. go back yeah. up to the top maybe this does too yeah four, oh, yeah. Hours, four, hours, and four hours and 29 minutes. minutes yeah so you ain't gonna be able to get it well, sometimes it, it comes back around every once in a while. I'm so. sure. Just go to camofire.com or download the app. Check them out. It's cool stuff. Yep. Um, enjoy it. Yep. Okay, we're going to do something we've never done before. Dustin, pick the next one. Uh, Zamberlin boots. Mm-hmm. Did you get your new ones, Andy? Nope. I got. I can't decide. I have a tough choice. I'm going to give me some new boots. Why don't you call our uh, contact no. there and pick she's her brain? Gonna, she's going to help me uh, pick the right ones for me, so we'll see. Are you are these the ones for your, like the out west or is these this... are the ones I'm going to get for Colorado more okay. of a hiking because uh, I got uh, the Christos Chris, yeah yeah Christos 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 mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called the one twelves or whatever yeah. they are uh, they're a taller one which I wasn't real like I didn't know I've never had a boot that tall before eleven inch boot wasn't it I wore that thing twice and now it was, I mean fits like a glove super yeah. comfortable uh, wore it turkey season so I I really yeah. liked it. Yeah. Dustin, you ever wore Zamberlands before? I haven't. Dude, I'm telling you. Missing out. They're a game changer. Like like he was saying, uh, we got these Salates. They're mm-hmm. like a – You wear them? No, no I'm not. not wearing Crocs <laughs> that are too small for me. I should be wearing them. <laughs> you could write Salate on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We all thought it was Salate. <laughs> yeah. but I, I honestly so, still thought it was. So they're like a tennis shoe, you know, low profile yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know, low ankle. You wear them 24 hours. Like, at first, you're like, oh, I don't know if that fits right. But after 24 hours, it's, one day. it's, it's yeah. the best-feeling boot I've had personally. I'll be yeah. honest with you. I'm about to order another pair of those just because I've worn. Dude, they got a new one that's more like a tennis shoe style. Yeah. I'd, I'd be interested in those for sure. I, I keep wearing mine they on white? the farm and everything else. Like New Balances? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they were black on the ones that I, mean, I saw. You were talking about the hiker style. I would appreciate that when I'm hunting because mm-hmm. – it allows you to be real sneaky, and you can feel the ground. And yep. you, I wear these minimal shoes. I like to feel yeah. everything. Yeah, dude, they got so many options. <laughs> yeah, too. they like, got they got all it's kinds. It's almost stuff. overwhelming. If you, I mean, I'm I'm not saying stop giving us options, but right. they've got like a lot of <laughs> just in like early season hunting. I've got the uh, the yeah, links. The, oh yeah, that's what I thought. I'm actually gonna buy the um, leopards once they come back out. Um, see, I thought about doing the leopards too. See, so I'm I'm. It's weird. The the links that I got this year is a an eight inch boot and that's the tallest boot I've ever worn. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm going to go back to six. Are you? Uh, I just don't need the ankle support for whatever reason, so I'm going to try those those leopards yeah. out. I uh, love the links. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna keep using them, but they got so many. I mean, they got so many options. Mike Mike has got those Baltoros right there. Yep. Um, you know, there's just all kinds of options. I'm, in I'm there. looking at the the, the one oh one thousand seven the VOs yeah. or uh, how many, I'm sure I'm saying all wrong. Did I say to our listeners what it is we're looking at right now? Zamberlin. Yeah. Yeah, no, just about. like what we're doing for the fr- – did I say Yeah, we got you already it? said that. Okay, we got we're looking at – we got TV screen. We're looking at that. a TV screen together finally. That we're talking to you about. So <laughs> yeah. <it's a> little, <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to have to find me some Zamberlins on Camo Fire before I get so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or hop on ZamberlinUSA.com <laughs> yep, yep. and uh, check them out. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. Good free stuff. shipping. And free shipping. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, next, Mike Alps Outdoors. Yeah, let's do out. I know something I'm going to be using tomorrow. I've talked about it a million times, so I won't bring it up again. But I, I wasn't cool. Could. I wasn't cool enough to get invited <laughs> to this uh, little, sh- you know, shindig. Sh- shindig that y'all got going on in the morning. So I'll let you cover I mean, that. Are you going to get up that early? I mean, I can. It is possible. Is it? I got to be in Green Valley at eight o'clock though. Yeah, I so mm-hmm. that's going to be a little rough. Won't be able to do it. Alps Outdoors, all kinds of awesome um, outdoor gear. I mean. We yeah. we own all kinds of Packs, their stuff. accessories. Yeah, I think yeah. we've talked about my my favorite thing. Honestly, is the tripod chair they have. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty sweet. super comfy. I use Apple it all the time. Shopping. What? It fits right in the side of my Alps pack, so I can carry it in and out of the stands with yeah. me. But they got all kinds of awesome stuff. I'm excited to try out their new pack um, that comes out in the fall. Oh, their new extreme pack. I'm still yep. I'm still stick with my hybrid X pack. Dude, that thing's for, money. You I, say that all the time. Well, it is. Nice. That thing's yeah. money. I need this with the yeah. yeah. So right, see that elite right there. That's what I'm uh, the elite looking for. Not the frame, just the. the oh, okay. The you, want the whole, you want the whole thing? I want the frame. Are you, are, thing. Are you talking about the uh, bow? Pack. The bow? Yeah, carrying the yeah. pack and the bow. Most most of their packs. I'm pretty sure they come with them. All of them. They Mine come with. It, yeah. They come with the uh, bow carrier or rifle carrier, In whatever bottom, you want to yeah. call it. Yep. So they're pretty sweet, man. That hybrid X is. Real nice. I yeah. use it for my tripod. Like I'll I'll throw that down, and then I'll throw my tripod on the out on the outside, and I'll throw my chair in the middle. Yeah. So yeah. it works out really good. So check them out, Alps Outdoors, AlpsBrands.com. Use the code WoodsWater, all spelled out, for freaking thirty percent off. Uh, really came through for our listeners there. That's a pretty big discount. And then Huntworth Gear, love them. Uh, now's a great time to be buying stuff. Uh, their Father's Day sales probably I think over yeah, and on the nineteenth. Yeah. yeah, but. Don't fear. You can still use the code MWW15 Save for 15%, 15 off. 15%. So, uh, now's a great time to be buying stuff for yeah, you know, hunting think, season. You'd be thinking about that. Early Fall's season coming. bow hunting's coming quick. I'm getting better about getting stuff before the last second. Just yeah. anything in hunting, you know, just anything that's involved in, like, your season. I used to, like, oh, shit, season's in two weeks. I need to order <laughs> me one more pair, yeah. I think probably – pair of pants uh when we go colorado here into august first of september yeah just go ahead and get that done now then. i usually yeah I, I need to yeah it wouldn't be a bad idea actually i could use another pair of pants yeah check them out huntworthgear.com and last but not least friggin habitat works who is this joker i don't know that guy he's pretty cool <laughs> he's, he's pretty cool guy <laughs> the man the myth the legend dustin williams who's in studio with us tonight uh habitat works dustin take it away what do you do uh, I manage Habitat and show people how it works for them. Hence the name Habitat Works. <laughs> um, no, originally that was supposed to be a uh, 
diversity kind of promotion for a, a land mm-hmm. portfolio. Because yeah. just like in investments, you want to have options here and there and mm-hmm. have different sources. And it's the same. It's the same when you own land. You don't want to have all your ducks in one or all your eggs in one basket with corn or beans or mm-hmm. you know a solid block of timber is appealing because you don't have that anymore. But it's nice to make some openings in there. And so right. you gotta you gotta find the find the diversity, create yeah. it, whatever you gotta do. So tell the people all the stuff you do. I mean, of course, it depends yeah, on the time of year. But. You know, really, habitat management boils down to vegetative management because animals live and feed and everything within a plant ecosystem. Um, and so I manage vegetation. Um, I would say that I'm forestry uh, forward. That's my strongest field. I've had the most experience in that, but... Um, manage uh invasive species do some prescribed fire i have a forestry mulcher now which is a good first step in a lot of mm-hmm. different applications mm-hmm. um yeah and i and saw then, on your instagram the other day a new toy that you i don't know if it's new to you but i saw it for the first time like i want to i want to play with that new toy he's got some attachment you got for your uh, skid steer. The grapple? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. my grapple. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fun. That's a, that's a common. Oh, and you were mowing down those cedars. That was with the mulcher, yeah. yeah. Yep. That so looks pretty fun. That was can technically. I, can I do it? Yeah, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> you can try. You can fuck it up if you want. I had my, I had my dad out learning that day for, nice. for when I got to be two places at once. I have right. somebody else. But, there you go. Uh, that, that project was... Uh, overgrown pasture and they don't have cattle or anything on it anymore they just like the views and yeah uh, of course i'm out there clearing cedars which i like i don't like cedars um they smell good cedars are bad they do smell good it's a fun it's a fun moment every time you step out of that thing and it's just like ah cedar in your face yeah uh but it is an invasive it is uh, native invasive native invasive which is historically controlled by fire right yeah so, yeah, there's not which near enough is fire not out as there. much of that anymore, which is why it becomes an issue at yep, times. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they used to just be on rocky edges and maybe in the deepest ravines, and now they're just everywhere. Yeah. So. So check uh, Dustin out. He's got a ha- <clears throat> uh, Facebook and Instagram page. Habitat Works. Just search him on Facebook. Habitat Works on Instagram. Eight one six seven five two seventy three ninety. Or you can send him an email. Habitat Works LLC at gmail dot com. Mention the show if you uh, call him and you'll get 15% off any of his services, which honestly is a big discount. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You'd be dumb not to say that. It really, uh, that because, really does. You know, that gives up. you basically a free plan mm-hmm. consultant or, you know, if you're going to do a whole plan and, uh, and the work that basically makes the plan in yeah. that situation, nothing, you know, that's, that's big. Or if you're just going to do a plan, save you some money on the plan, yeah. you know? Uh, so mm-hmm. every little bit helps do that. And, uh, this is the only place you're going to get a discount from Dustin. Yep. Unless you're uh, throwing like stuff out on the internet, but yeah. I don't see it. So, yeah. Um, I traded my tattoo artist for some work. For some work. Yeah. So there you go. So I guess you're, <laughs> unless you're a good tat artist. Yep. I mean, I could tattoo you, but I'll I don't, say be I don't great. know yeah. if you're gonna like that. Full price work for you. <laughs> Full price. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what this shit is. I charge you double. <laughs> you still about 250 miles radius from St. Joe still for the most part. Oh yeah, if you're in yeah. the state of Missouri, but not the Boot Hill, probably I'll do give that. him a call. <laughs> I ain't going yeah. down there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's down there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then and then the surrounding areas. So I'm yeah. I'm right next to Nebraska and Iowa and Kansas too. So it's yeah, you know. 
get yeah. a diversity of different stuff you probably get to see being where living where you live mm-hmm. speaking of nebraska you were up in nebraska not too long ago when was yeah. it when did that season start off oh man it starts really early like um the end of march early i think because i was up there the first week of april with my buddies uh trying to kill Merriams, and two of the three days they had 60 plus mile an hour winds here low we were there for more than that but two days they had 60 plus mile an hour winds um a couple of the guys uh actually contacted a private landowner that they were hunting next to and had success on private land oh yeah. wow uh, that was the the tv version of Merriam's turkeys that you see yeah with tons and tons and they act they really just silly stupid and come yeah, right to yeah. you yeah yeah um and even the ones on public, when you when we first got there, kind of seemed like they were not the same as what we have here as huh. far as their behavior. Uh, like, were they a little bit more shy, or were they? A it was almost like they were curious. Okay, yeah, that's more, what I've always heard about Merriams. Is it like they're? Yeah, what is that? I'm gonna come you look know, at this. A little, little bit more hesitation they before run to they your run gun away barrel. from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we so we pulled up and we were we had like three trucks and split up and there's a big wildlife area up there we were hunting. And um, checking out all the trails and the habitat and this and that. And landed on a place to camp because pulled into this one spot and walked to the top of the hill. And, oh, there's turkeys right there. You know, like, here they got our weapons. This so, is perfect. <laughs> yeah, we we basically flanked. There's two ridges. We flanked this valley. And then one group of guys, a couple guys, went down low. And we thought we were getting ahead of them. Both both the ridge guys thought we were getting ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And the down low guys in the valley kind of just crept down. And 12 minutes after we pulled into that spot, he shot a pretty nice tom with a bow. My, no, buddy, nice. my buddy Ben did. So. Did Congrats, you take the ben. bow or did yep. you take the uh, yep, we were bow. gun? We were bow that first week. And then I went back a couple weeks later with my dad. and uh, saw took the, a, I saw that post. That's, that was pretty cool. Yeah, took a shotgun. Or is that a different one that you and your dad killed one on that was a that was a different one that was a different one yeah that was kansas gotcha. gotcha that's pretty cool i think i only made it out of missouri like once or twice and then i hunted a fair amount in kansas i took about a month off but that season's so long right and when i came back from that hiatus is when i killed my bird so that's awesome yep pretty cool do you uh get the chair you need there andy yeah, that chair sucked. <laughs> You're not happy with our twenty dollar like, chair? Yeah, I was like laying it's a twenty dollar like, office. There's chair. no back in that chair. I was like laying down here trying to. It's just if there's a back, it's just not made for people who are you know Sasquatch size. Yeah. So, yep. congrats on the the turkey. I was gonna try to do the the, the gobble that Scott does, but oh, nobody can do it. Nobody yeah, can do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than any of us. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. <laughs> It's like you want to swallow your tongue or something like. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm just gonna stop right there. <laughs> Probably. I'm gonna idea. move on. I'm gonna keep it PG. Keep so it you PG. said you got your Kansas bird. Is that like walk-in land or how'd you do that? Like? Uh, it's a wildlife area there. Yeah. Uh, it's a place that I work actually. Oh, um, sweet, nice. Uh, I got drawn for whitetail in Kansas again. That's oh, another plus. Congrats! So, I'm let, excited. You have to let us know how that goes. Yeah, I might have to do a show about. Whitetail hunting on that one. Well, where, yeah. where I hunt in Kansas is closer than any public land that I hunt in Missouri. Right. So I, I mean, there. you're right there on the border. I'll be there a lot. Yeah. And uh, so I'm excited so are you, for that. Did you get drawn for a specific unit there, or is it that? Yeah, that you Weehaw put in for or whatever. Uh, there is Weehaw within the unit, mm-hmm. uh, like the management unit, and then 
so I put in for unit 10, 19, I think it is. They combine them for the archery portion. So out-of-staters, you have to pick either firearm or archery. Okay. Uh, In-state Kansas, you get one buck, and then you get to hunt the whole season. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I went archery. It's longer, more chances. And yeah. That's what I prefer to do. So. Yeah. Who was it we were talking to that's like, dude, you guys are stupid? It was Pete. It was Pete, basically. For not putting in. For, like, for, yeah. You should be putting buying points in Kansas. You guys live too close to Kansas to not be I guess I just didn't realize buying Kansas, points. I got a point system. Yeah. They just started. It's a draw system, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's always been draw for out of state, but they right. just started the points. Point which I yeah. am not a fan of. So now there's point creep. There's going to be point no creep. Point <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I wish they'd started in our state for the out of staters. Well, no, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a little. I mean, um, or make it a draw, you know, yeah, to where you draw. Right. Up the I don't want to piss like, all the out-of-staters, but I think we should have some type of system that, no, not everybody and their brother can just come over and do it. You know, well, it's just, become that since every state around us is starting to do that, we're the we're the we're low co- we're the low mm-hmm. cost option. Yeah, and we still have good deer. I mean, we have quality we have deer in Missouri deer, still. Yeah, and so if every state around you is a draw, it's kind of like public land in Colorado. I mean. Mm-hmm. It gets flooded because it's the low cost it's the only option. Thing. Still. Well, it's your only option, really. Right. Like, that imagine means... if you're a dude from, uh, I don't know, just some other state, and you can't, you don't have any points in Iowa, you don't have any points in Kansas, you don't have any points in Illinois. No, none of the, you know, white tail states that you would normally think of. I'm sure Ohio and right. those states are the same way. Well, Missouri is the only one that you can go buy over the counter tag for the most part. Is, right. is it still two fifty? It's not expensive. It's they yeah. just it's, I think it's less they, than three hundred bucks. They just finally bumped it up to where the fine for poaching a deer <laughs> is from more, out of, less it, is more, more than what the tag would have cost. Because <laughs> yeah. there for a while, the fine for poaching one was less than what the tag cost. Yeah. but I will say I like just a, a straight up lottery, like New Mexico with elk. It's a pure lottery. You don't have to buy points every year. Now only twenty percent of the tags go to out of staters, so I mean it's not really a pure lottery. It's yeah, but but every year you have the exact same chance of drawing pretty much every unit mm-hmm. uh, that you would put in for, depending on how many people put in for it. Whereas like we're we've been putting in for Arizona now for a few years. I I hope I draw that state by the time I'm sixty, because of point creep and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff and. I'm not going to waste my money. I don't want to see, you know, <laughs> whitetail turn into that too in the Midwest states, but it might. I mean, I know it takes several years to draw Iowa. You yeah. need to get to work on that habitat game. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it, and if you think about it too, it it raises our, for people that don't have land, it's going to raise the lease prices for everybody. Already has. Yeah, so I mean, to get a lease, it's ridiculous what it, it goes for an acre. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not uncommon to see... Was it like fifty bucks an acre going? That's uh, pretty high. For, is it? I mean, I think that. Well, the, I I have seen I, one. I've seen. I've seen one advertised high. for fifty. Um, but but what, a lot of them, I think, going. I mean, realistic rates are in the twenty. See, I I remember back. I say back when and I'm only freaking thirty three, but like you could you could probably pick you up a decent lease for ten bucks an acre. I mean, that's uh, not yeah. that's doable. Get a now, couple dudes going with it. You know, yeah. if it's a big piece. And honestly, five years ago, I think you could have. Yeah. yeah. Probably now, now it's twenty thirty bucks. But I think it has to do with the fact that all the other surrounding, you know, states have mm-hmm. closed closed their borders or whatever to out of state hunters unless you put in for a draw or some type of point system. Mm-hmm. So now we'll I'll, we'll just go take our money and get a lease in Missouri. I don't know so. how many I've heard of. I mean, 
guys from well, guys from Alabama, they they lease this over here. Yeah. Guys from Florida yeah. lease this over here. Or guys from and well, I don't I don't think it's all about like there's a another podcast of ours or not of ours that we know between the times. Yeah, they lease up here in Missouri, and I think it's awesome that dudes uh, from Louisiana come up here and hunt. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it, uh, but it's it just the way Missouri it's getting harder. It makes yeah. it makes hard for local guys. To get, I mean, it's not as easy for us to go to their state as it is for them to come to our state. Louisiana might be. I'm that sure. might be. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. There's a reason they're coming states. up to Missouri. Yeah, Justin, yeah, let yeah. us know how hard it is to go hunt deer in, in uh, Louisiana. You'll yeah, I'll, get, let us I'll know. get back with you on that. Well, <laughs> sorry. I mean, I'd between, go ha- between the guys, uh, between the Tynes guy's name what? is Dustin also. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, if he wants to trade like some gator hunts or something like that, that'd be cool. I'd go down and freaking hunt a gator. Yeah. That'd be sweet. That would be fun. Um, well. Only until he gets his bow fishing rig. So if this guy sends one more bow fishing <laughs> if, rig. Yeah, if you send us one more freaking picture of a boat. I think there's four of them today, wasn't there? Yes. Yeah. I think he's doing it to piss us off now. Uh, but it, he's finding some good deals. I'm I'm not completely. This last one you sent was only like $3,500. Three grand. Bad. Three grand for a bow, for a boat that's got the full bow hunting set up. Didn't have a trolling motor, though. That sounds pretty, um, so like a good deal. We haven't talked about it, right? To me, no. We went last. Th- me and Nathan went for the first time last Thursday with her, uh, with his buddy, and uh, dude, it was some of the most fun I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Thursday night, we had the lake to ourselves. It was I got great. Out. You did. That you was your own you fault. were one hundred percent invited. You just couldn't go. You just couldn't. Not go our that fault. Day. My daughter had a dance recital. Yeah, I was yeah. not. I mean, you made the right choice. That. Yeah, you could probably. Uh, Frog season's right around the corner. He said too. he could probably do again. some good frogging off dude, of. Probably yeah. so. Or do, well, have you I ever, mean, now have that you you ever say been that. bow fishing? Uh-uh. Dude, I've always wanted to do it. But I, yes. What do you, I don't have a boat Same. and, you know, doing it from the bank, I'm sure you could do it. There's people, but I don't have a bow set up. I wouldn't even know how to do it. Well, like I said, luckily my buddy Daryl invited us. And uh, apparently to him and John, it was kind of slow. But for me and you, we were like, this is awesome. <laughs> I know I probably shot at least 15, 20 times. For probably. sure. Yeah. I, only, I only got two. I only got two. You got one. Uh, or um, John? Yeah. John, he killed, I think, three. Three yeah. or four. Something like that. But we were stoked. And, I mean, we all shot, you know, upper 10, 12, you know, 12 times. So there was plenty of opportunity. And they were saying, oh, yeah, this is a slow night. It this does slow. make you feel yeah. like a shitty shot. Because you miss a lot. Yeah. yeah. Because so. shooting into water, you don't realize like, the light refraction yeah. and, you know, how you gotta deep they are. You got to shoot under them, don't you? Is that yeah, like Daryl was the like. The further out they aim, are, the lower you aim. Huh. Mm-hmm. And then the closer they are, the more on target you want to be. Also, we could be dead wrong with that. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Like Daryl was saying, when you aim, aim lower. And then when you think you've aimed lower, aim, aim lower. lower. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there, it's a big curve yeah. to, you know, try to get a hold of. But it it's was fun. a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, how did we get on that? Oh, killing truck, killing alligators, something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, you brought up. Let's get back to some habitat. Yeah, let's let's talk to some habitat. habitat. Summertime stuff. Summertime stuff. So most people, you know, during the winter, they've already done their TSI. Uh, you know, the the fire is over by now. We're we're done burning. So, like for instance, me on one of my <laughs> hunting spots, and I know Andy, you're going to be doing the same thing. Um, mowing is one thing that we've waited on you know in previous years we might not have been as cognizant but the more we've done this podcast it's really educated us on turkey poults and fawns, you know, fawns. and so we we're trying to hold off until you know around july now mm-hmm. they're getting up and going and yeah, yeah. i got too many so, neighbors that ran over fawns and yeah. turkey hatches with is, their it, is, there a, is there a rule of thumb of when you should start doing your summer mowing 
No, I mean, something else that you could think too is in the very, if you start really early when everything's short and nothing is on the ground yet, mm-hmm. they can still nest inside of the mow lines. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're not going to hit them in what's already mowed too. But then in that case, you want to start like immediately like, when you start mowing your lawn, start mowing your trails. Right. Okay. And all that. So, and just maintaining them throughout maintain the them summer. Maintain them throughout. Because they're talking they won't, like they won't. April-ish. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a good idea. That's a good yeah, way to, that. that's a good way to compartmentalize your property too. Right. Uh, break it apart in different, different sections with <laughs> mode lines for burning, for spraying, keeping yourself on track when you're trying to stay lined up spraying or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. But if you haven't, you, I was actually going to say haven't. that. <laughs> What you guys said about July, like no earlier than July. Mm-hmm. Um, I was spraying two days ago uh, out towards Manhattan and jumped up a fawn, which I've ran over fawns with a UTV before too. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's there's always that risk if you're if you're managing, and you, there is no option but to get into the thick of it yeah. most of the time. Right. So and it's amazing, like fawns, like. <clears throat> I guess I did personally didn't like realize I knew they did, but like they hunker down, don't move. Yeah. Like when it, when a doe leaves them, they will hunker they will down and put. not move. Yeah. They'll get hit. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like we saw about running a UTV, like when they lay down, they think they're hidden. They move at, do not move at all costs. And so it's just mm, amazing. Right like, them, yeah. Hey, there's a mower coming at you. Get move. Yeah. Nope. They, they just won't. Right. So that's, they, yeah, that's what we're getting ready to do. Start mowing. You know? So, I mean, is that, uh, I guess let's talk about like some of the summer projects that you like to do or, or that are a good idea to work on on your place. I mean, and it can be from actual habitat work or talk about, you know, is now a good time to start. Honestly, we didn't do it this year, but I'm going to start messing with hanging stands in the wintertime. <laughs> remember last year, me and you hung our stands on July 4th. Yeah. No, we didn't. We put my cameras up on July 4th. You guys hung we stands. We hung stands. Whatever day they knocked down my house is the day you all hung stands. And it was absolutely It was miserable. miserable. It was yeah. terrible. Why absolutely we don't do it in the wintertime is beyond me. But anyways. That's how I found out that I was allergic to poison ivy. Was <laughs> yeah. doing summer hang stands. stands. Yeah. yeah. So what's some stuff that uh, Let's, folks uh, can do this, this summer? You, you mentioned a minute ago, you know, the TSI is done. The burning is done, which we'll get to that in a minute. But okay. um, we'll just start with that. So you do TSI on a section of your timber and now we're into the growing season mm-hmm. and you have you know, all these new things coming up. Um, you're going to have good stuff coming up. You're going to have bad stuff coming up because it all got released when you opened up the canopy. Um, the growing season is the best time to identify anything because it has its leaves on and yeah. its flowers. Um, you have to be careful because you can kill things that you don't want to kill and non-target kill of any plant is going to happen but it's for the greater good so you go into this timber stand i'm thinking about doing some of this next week actually with your backpack sprayer because it's a mess because you dropped all this stuff down on the ground and you can hit your multi-flora rose and you can hit your honeysuckle that we talked about if you can pick it out Mm -hmm. that's why you call which is our biggest thing yeah identifying yeah yeah Yeah. so call call me but facetime and dustin 45 times hey (laughs) What's, What's that this? one right there? Yeah. <laughs> yep. What's this one? What's that one? What's it happens. But, yeah, it's a it's a good time to get in. Everything's got its foliage on, especially now. Most of the plant energy has gotten to that point, and they mm-hmm. might be already past flowering, and they're getting ready to put berries on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If they get berries on and those berries become fertile and ready to 
be the next plant, then you're kind of on the tail end of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so TSI specific following last year's project, if you didn't burn it right after, or even if you did, there's going to be some things that would be a good time now to get in and hit those with, mm-hmm. with your application. And if you're talking about rose and honeysuckle, you're going to want to use triclopyr and you're going to want to use like pasture guard, which has, which has triclopyr in it, but two, four D broadleaf, mm-hmm. you can mix those together and they will be potent and always read your labels. And so that's, that's your TSI version. You can be like me and just, okay, it says one ounce per gallon. So I'm gonna do five. <laughs> Don't there, do that. Yeah. You can, you can, you can do some major cross. Yeah. So like most of your chemicals are either for grass or for broadleaf. Yeah. You can cross over if you start mixing them too, too potent. Right. Um, but yeah. And then pay attention to wind and all that other stuff. Humidity can cause chemical in the, especially in the woods where there's like a canopy holding in the humidity mm-hmm. that can All fume, times. like fumigate. Is that the right word? Yeah, sure. Sounds right. Sounds good. Uh, up into the, up the lower leaves and actually oh, so trees and stuff too. Okay. Is that what you've, I've been seeing like on the highways lately, I'm guessing like the road crews have sprayed mm-hmm. and you'll see about trees six like six foot up. up yeah. Just Pride. Yeah, they're probably not really trying to avoid that in they those. Just, they're probably trying yeah. to kill yeah. everything. They're, they have a height that they're keeping it at, and mm. they spray it just so it dies. It. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, and then you mentioned fire too. It's kind of the same deal. Even in a spring burn, essentially all you're doing is wiping the slate clean of the dead stuff from last year. It will promote your grasses to grow more mm-hmm. so like if you have a crp with native grass big blue stem any grass broom sedge all that stuff it promotes grasses and you're going to get your wildflowers too but you're also going to get your non-desirables are still going to come back because you only burnt the stuff off the top mm-hmm. um so now what we're doing at the wildlife areas what i'm doing right now a lot is spraying for cerecia lespidiza and any of those other invasives that are out mm-hmm. and re-sprouting and a lot of times they do with extra than what they had before yeah you, you mm-hmm. top killed them they have all this energy in the root system and then now it's I coming just, up everywhere i'm gonna have to show you something out in the driveway when <coughs> i leave yeah because it it ten bucks round, roundup doesn't kill it no it kills everything else that i spray but that stays and i'm like you probably yeah you probably need to mix some remedy or some, yeah something some trichopyr in there yeah they'll tell so. you what to do for about 15 bucks yeah it's worth it because i'm about done with this little plant here i could just <laughs> <I> torch it <laughs> well i have a well supply of propane, propane. so i just use oh, a yeah. 500,000 btu torch <laughs> yep and i to- oh. torch my driveway burn it off yeah i've idea. done that a few times it's better for the environment that's a good idea <laughs> it is a good idea yeah, yeah. it doesn't sure. last as long as some of the sprays i feel like but i mean it works kills yeah. it, it kills everything quicker i'm thinking yeah. about Next going buying some of that burn. ground clear again oh yeah that's some potent stuff yeah. yeah yeah i did it one time years ago i don't remember where and i feel like it leached into where i didn't want it to clear and I never bought it again. <laughs> and I don't know what I've never used that specifically, but we use one called Polaris mm-hmm. on the wildlife areas, and it essentially sterilizes the soil for something. Yeah, twelve like months, a um, long time. Yeah. yeah, nothing grew there. It's for, wicked for a long time. It's probably because Nate, like you said, one ounce. I'll use five. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. It, it seems like such a minuscule amount. If one is that good, they always recommend. It's five like, better. Man, there's no way. Right? Yeah, <laughs> don't listen to me, folks. Oh, also. 
uh, always use a surfactant to help your chemical stick if you're if you're spraying stuff. Is that like like Dawn dish soap or something like? That? Well, yeah, <laughs> people use like bean oil or Crop diesel oil, fuel, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's also specific surfactants that they make just as surfactants. Okay. They got all kinds of different names, but you can get them at. Your That's the first time I've ever heard anybody say to use that with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, so it, it will be a ton more effective. So really fascinating. Yep. Makes sense. Helps it absorb and yeah. do all that. Yeah, it makes sense because it doesn't run right off. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I had a question about um, food plots. Okay. So Micah planted his food plot when in the winter time or spring, early spring, early spring, and it's doing really good. Yep. Uh, mostly clover. Yep. It's not. It had a little bit of crap chicory. I can't remember. I'm going to look it up while you guys talk. Um, anyway, doing really good. He mowed it because, uh, you know, some of the weeds also were in there. And the grass so had it. some little bit of grass that clover's in there. taken over. Mm-hmm. What What are your thoughts on planting food plots when Micah did compared to like, well, maybe not right now because it's 100 degrees or even, you know, late summer, early fall uh, for maybe a, a late fall, winter type of plot. Mm-hmm. What's the easiest one to, to get to go and then to – you know, actually establish itself. Is right. it easier to do in the spring because it grows quicker, but also so do the weeds? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> uh, you have that, weeds, and um, it does grow quicker because you can typically bank on a little bit more moisture that time mm-hmm. of year. And then summer, you're kind of worried, the late, you're kind of worried about if it's going to rain right, or not. But usually come October or something, you get a bunch of rain and, you're you're banking on that food plot being there more in like December. Sure, that's when the greens and all that stuff becomes a lot more important. Because the way I look at it, at least, is October, November. It's all about getting some love. They're not as focused on the food. Right, but, uh, they got to eat, but they're yeah. not. Come come end of November it. when it's kind of the late rut. Yeah, your does are going to start herding around the food, and then that's where your rut activity is going to be. But it's still going to be a lot of you know finding love and yeah setting up for that. Um, if you were to pick one and to better your hunting that season, I would do the fall for that reason, because when food gets scarce and crops come out, they're going to know that they have the hot spot of food there on your farm because you plant it in the fall. Yeah. You plant in the spring and maybe you have a really good food plot right now, Mm -hmm. but there's food everywhere right now. And it's nice to have those resident deer, like the ones that hang around, but they have so many options everywhere right mm-hmm. now that it's, in my opinion, it's should be nesting season. Worry about yeah. that. Build cover if you're to pick one or the other. Yeah. Now we put we put spring food plots in all the time, and they they provide whatever nutrients are in the plot that you pick, and that's that's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But. Well, the reason I ask is one of the spots I hunt, I tend to lose the deer right after the rut during, like they start to show up less and less mm-hmm. in the rut. And then as the rut starts to tail off and then I won't have deer on that place for two, three months. Yeah. Not a single one. I mean, it's just crazy. And I'm one, I started wondering, well, if we plant, if we planted like a fall plot of something that they wanted in the winter time. Mm-hmm. if that could keep them around longer. Uh, and actually, I was kind of looking at, well, towards the next year, if you had something that you planted in the fall that did well, 
would it also, you know, if it was a perennial, yep. would it do better that next spring because there were no yeah. weeds with it because you planted it after, you know, that growing season, the main growing season for weeds as well. So uh, I never planted anything this year in the spring. Um, if I do, it'll be, I guess, in the fall. But I was just curious what you thought on. Yeah, that's not a good time to do it. Would I've be. heard that elsewhere. I couldn't quote for sure where I heard that, but what I just said, I've heard, and it makes a lot of sense to me. And just when you look around in the winter time when everything's brown and dead, mm-hmm. and that highlight green spot is a lot different than the same green spot when everything around it yeah. is still green too. Yeah, I mean the main reason I did mine, I <clears throat> I call it my kill plot because it's literally eighth of an acre you think maybe oh it's yeah, it's small much. it's yeah. really small but on the same farm i have alfalfa and this year i also planted i couldn't tell you how many rows but not that many probably 30 in between 30 and 40 rows of corn mm-hmm. just for my deer mm-hmm. because yeah out, yeah. out in the field yeah where the alfalfa he goes knows, he knows the guy yeah i know a guy. guy hooked me up with some seed and the landowner <laughs> actually had the trip. planter so you have corn growing now so i have corn growing now it's not in the i haven't looked at it in a while i i was actually uh helping the farmer uh pick up alfalfa bales and i was able to get a look at it and it some of it's doing better than others it the reason oh, he sprayed he did spray it oh he, he did spray it to go then. so but uh the reason he it was an alfalfa last year they took well they took i say that they took it out last year because it just wasn't producing that great of alfalfa Mm -hmm. and so i asked i was like hey if i get some seed you care if we just try this and he's like yeah i don't care so we put the corn in there it's doing okay but so now i got alfalfa corn timber going to the timber probably about 50 to 100 yards somewhere in there i got my little it's a clover yeah my little clover pot yeah so i'm ideally i'm thinking they're bedded up in the timber obviously come down they're going to hit that before they make their way out into the you know mm-hmm. the main fields so no i agree and another another plus side to already having it worked and ready is that you don't have to do it if you overseed right. something else come the fall mm-hmm. um that you said it's what clover right now yeah it's clover it has oh, i got it up right now it has a little bit of alfalfa it's in it. It's your lucky buck. Yeah, Clover it's a, it's a it. lucky yep. buck, perfect perennial. It's got a little bit of alfalfa in there too, and chicory. But it's like it's got one, two, three, four, five different types of clover, and it's got yeah. red clover, Durant, Durano, or uh, Ladino. Ladino. Yeah, it's got yeah. Ladino, Legacy White Clover, <clears throat> Alaska White Clover, something. It's got yeah. clover. It's, it's got clover. It's got a lot clover. of a lot of different clover in it. Yeah, got clover. So, I got you covered. I mean, so yeah, you you. I would think that that thing would be good for a couple of years. Yeah, and then yeah. I mean, so I mean, that chicory can blow up. Can it? And get get pretty stimmy. It's uh, it was the least amount was like the percentage got, Yeah, it's only one point five percent chicory. Yeah, yeah. So it's everything else is pretty much fifteen percent. And then the red clover is only seven percent. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's taken off really well. I need to go back and check it out. Uh, do you know now? Now that we're talking about it, I mowed it. I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's probably been a month, month or better. When should I mow that again? Do you have any idea? Uh, it's kind of more of a height based thing. Okay. Um, but it just kind of refreshes it and. Clover yeah. does kind of act like a haircut in the first couple of years. So. Does it? Okay. Does it? Yeah. Do you, do you want to mow the clover if it is doing, if it is 
choking out the weeds and it's 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 doing like it's the king there do you want to mow it or you just let it keep going i mean if it's i i have left it tall and it seemed to do well Mm -hmm. through the whole process um our clover pots that we used to have to mow were in tree plantings and so we would mow them down kind of for access and stuff like that right and it would still do good so there's, yeah. prob- there's probably a better answer to that question than I can give you right now. Yeah, well, I mean, I've never had that happen. The one the one or two times I tried to do clover, the you weeds could, always got ahead of it, and then mm, it would end up. Yeah, it's know, good to it's good up. to mow to knock the weeds back because then the clover typically right. comes back with more with more than the weeds do. Yeah, I yeah, guess from so. like a farm perspective, I, that's how I look at it. Is you know, once it gets tall enough, you know, it kind of starts to head. You mow it. And in thinking of that, when it starts to head, I mean, you mow it, you're going to drop those seeds down and continue to, which it would do it naturally. But as the heads die, I think you could keep the growth, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and a good, let's say good hay year, you would mow that three times right. to produce hay, mm-hmm. but you're not you're not spraying it the same way you're not doing. So obviously you don't mow it as short, mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. items. Yeah. That's yeah, how you I never, you don't want it. You definitely don't want to cut. And I did, I mean, though. I, it's small enough where I use my weed eater the whole time, so I literally just kind of barely skim the top. I mainly just want to something like this space here, probably. It's, it's probably about, yeah, it's, it's probably about the, about the same the size as this yeah. whole yeah. deal, yeah. somewhere like it's that. It's not a huge area, but it's just cool little like opening, thick woods, and then just this no. paradise opening with a single tree sunlight. in the middle. Yeah. yeah, gets good sunlight. Yeah, yeah. good sunlight. That's the struggle with where you're at. Yeah, is you just don't get sunlight. Well, that's why I think I'll move it. You know. To a, that different spot we talked yeah, about. If you go up top, there's a lot more sunlight, yeah. I think. Talk yeah. to the landowner. Get Dustin down there. You guys mm-hmm. can pick out the trees to cut down and <laughs> cut down some trees. Decent, there's some trees that need cut down. Honestly. We talked about a different show down at some point doing a, like a, a walkthrough of a property. That'd be yeah. some fun mm-hmm. stuff. But um, So fall plots, when you – let's say you go to plant something in you know September. I don't know when you would – October? When would you plant? Uh, August, September usually. August, September. Yeah. Uh, what's some good stuff that you like to to plant for that, well, that fall plot or the that same winter? the same type of uh, winter mix really? Um, and then I like to do where you have a grain option and a green option. Okay, because the grains will stand taller and the coldest temperatures go for grains for energy. Okay, and then the greens when it's warm because they aren't crispy and chewy and they're soft and palatable. Okay, and that brings your protein and other nutrients in. Makes so to sense. have to have diversity again, right? You add diversity to the mix, and you have more options. It's more appealing. Yeah, the Dustin more diversity, said it first, the, the grain and green, grain and green, grains when it's cold, greens when it's warm. When in the late season, that's kind of what trademark Dustin Williams. Oh, that's grain and green. Somebody <laughs> said that before too. <laughs> but so I mean, like, would you talking about grains? I mean, you talking about like wheat, like and wheat oats. and rye and oats. Rye. And, yep. If and they're all and all rye, pretty I mean, pretty easy to establish too. They usually do pretty well. Yeah. Ryegrass. I mean, if you do that in the fall, I mean, it's still going to be green as well in that late season. You know, like you talking about that. You think about that post rut. I mean, rye stays green up mm-hmm. until the first frost. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gets me a little fired up to possibly do that in that those two spots up top that we were kind of talking about. Uh, my dad always talks about uh, when he was younger there. I mean, I think it was my dad, but they would throw turnips into the corn rows right before they would harvest it that's what i was when i asked about your corn i was gonna say when it goes dormant or start Mm -hmm. to start to go dormant you go seed in between those rows really and it the standing corn even acts like straw wood 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Like an incub, not an incubator, but it holds moisture in yeah. and protects the seed, and yep. lets light in, but not to where it's scorching the ground. Like if you had a clean tilled field. But that's yeah. that's what he talks about. Is yeah. going in like right before they're going to harvest a field, and they would just throw some in between the rows. But one, you would go through harvest it, and as you know, it comes out of the the combine as chaff. It has like straw, mm-hmm. and you know whether it's moisture, provides shade. And let's like lets it come up fresh, but also as you run over with a combine, running the tractor through it, it, it or what, kind yeah. of pushes it into the ground, gives it's, it a little bit of a seed bed. Yeah, mm. so better soil content. And he said that they would go down there and be able to pick turnips, and like, they did it back then to eat it. I mean, uh. his dad did. So they're running the deer off the corn, so they could. Yeah. I mean, it was the turnips. I mean, so those are my groceries. Those are mine. It was for wildlife, <laughs> yeah. and they'd also pick them and different things. I mean, for yeah. whatever, but it was just kind of just to have some turnips to grow. That'll, that's a if you hunt a place that has row crops and. You should probably ask your for- farmer. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's pr- that's not anything that's uh, going to affect them, though. No, it I really mean, isn't. Because you just let they it have to kill. Well, it depends on their their like fall spray plan, mm-hmm. because they they may want to go ahead and kill like they're going to spray. They're going to kill your turnips. Right. You sure. know, if they're going to spray in the fall to cl- keep that field clean. And do a lot of people do that though? Mm-hmm. See, I've never. It's usually, never, it's usually anhydrous that they'll put anhydrous. on late like that. And yeah. I guess so. Yeah. What so about, they do they waste your time, in my if, opinion. But. Right? Do they work with beans though? Cause yep. the, so, because you don't really do. Typically, you don't anhydrous after beans, right? You would anhydrous after beans because you're going to corn the next year. Okay. So yeah. after yeah, corn, yeah, you right. would not that's anhydrous right. into beans, so you'd be fine there. So a lot of guys actually will spray corn stalks to keep that bean field cleaner mm-hmm. in the fall. Um, it just works in their chemical plan of you know the time of year because then you'll come back. Hopefully you'd be able to plant in front of the burn down sometimes it, it can kind of it just you're just balancing out trying to keep a clean field mm, yeah. some guys won't and they'll go in until or, you know or they'll put on a heavy burn down i've noticed a lot of uh, farmers this year they've been using a cover crop too yeah cover right crops my house getting, is that way cover yeah. crops are getting real big in in missouri right now at least which is a good thing area. right yes it's a lot better yeah i mean it's yeah. it's good in multiple reasons um soil health mm-hmm. wildlife erosion right all kinds of stuff. A lot of benefits. The, the NRCS will actually pay. Um, there's different programs out there. They'll pay farmers uh, to plant cover crops for those reasons. For uh, a big one for for that for farmers is erosion. And mm-hmm. you know they're trying to to you know used to a farmer tilled everything, and right. then no till became a thing where you didn't want to till because you're not you're trying to keep that runoff and and to a minimum, uh, yeah. ero- you know soil erosion, soil runoff to a minimum. And now cover crops uh, is big because of erosion, also because of carbon. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's you get carbon credits. Farmers can like larger farmers can uh, can apply for carbon credits and get paid for the carbon emissions that they're producing for the atmosphere. It's a hmm. carbon sequestr. Yeah. Sequestr. I don't know how to carbon say that. Carbon sequester. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but carbon is the building block of all life, and then so when you don't till up the soil you have this whole network and community of microorganisms and worms and bugs and stuff that build pathways for nutrients to flow. Mm -hmm. And when you till, you clean slate, all that dies, and you start over again. But if you can get it to where you don't till and plow and do all that stuff, that community gets stronger and stronger, and roots actually can tunnel through existing, like, worm tunnels and everything else and penetrate deeper into the water table and everything is just way more stable and mm. and there's a lot more so just nutrients and everything are just fully absorbed and used in in a 
in a more um if it's more available yeah to more the, available to the yeah, plant crops yeah that's cool and there's a, a different level i have um you know i work with some guys that uh, in a different county but you build that carbon sequester the carbon um it's like availability a, yeah. or whatever it's called uh over years you have to do it for multiple years to kind of keep that that going but uh uh, it's a process of, of continuation. And then like you're talking about, like pulling stuff to the top, the, the thought process, you know, rye has really deep roots. So it reaches down in that soil and it helps with compaction. It helps with all kinds of stuff, pulling nutrients back towards the top um, to make them available to, to the crop. So hmm. yeah, most, most, most people matter. think, yeah, organic matter. Most people think that the soil is just this, but it's, it's really this mm-hmm. just uh, like a loop up and down and up and down and stuff eats stuff and dies and poops and and then the new stuff feeds off of all that and you literally are building soil every time that a plant dies and you don't do anything to till it and break it up hmm. so that's cool very fascinating stuff that mm-hmm. is fascinating you know the funny thing is where i hunt i know the farmer's got corn this year so, maybe uh, maybe he'll let you keep turn a around in between uh rows at some point uh <laughs> actually i got that whole edge I say, yeah, there's a, there's an edge there for you yeah. that we, we need to do something with. And the rows are easy. To, I did a couple of years ago. I didn't ask permission, but <laughs> I don't think he'll be listening. But my, the <laughs> farmer there is a little difficult to work with. But um, yeah, I just broadcasted a winter, or a winter mix. I think it was Big Tine. I don't remember which one. I typically just go grab a, something off the shelf and try it. Go use it. Uh, it worked well. Yeah, yeah it worked pretty good. We- so funny story on that. So we uh, decided one year we we're going to do winter wheat and part of our farm and for a food plot for food. I got permission from my dad. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. And uh, we did it. And, and I mean, yeah, a few things grew. It was okay. And he went and he had to actually, uh, he was planning on chisel plowing that field because there's some big ditches. He had to try to, to clean up and get fixed because we normally were pretty much hundred percent no till, uh, very minimum till uh, as possible. And, uh, he had he had knew he had to do that well it kind of grew whatever he went in that spring and uh cultivated it well we didn't get have a good seed bed apparently and it just grew like wildfire like all of a sudden that spring there was winter wheat that was <laughs> <laughs> and so and uh he's like what in the hell did, did you plant you more of that stuff <laughs> yeah and i might have driven over like a part of the farm i didn't tell him i was going to do it on <laughs> the same thing happened but uh yeah so that that earth contact made a big difference whenever he chisel plowed it all of a mm-hmm. sudden that seed took off and it yeah whoops that's interesting i mean that's what i mean that's what helped my plot out a lot was last season i did a fall plot and i did the same thing you did i i sprayed it late fall or early fall killed everything got as much debris away as i could some stuff came up but it didn't really do amazing you know Mm -hmm. and i noticed that when i was out there hunting the deer they mainly hit the clover every time i saw them eating something it was the clover so i was like well i'm just gonna go strictly clover on it Mm -hmm. and so this coming spring everything was already dead on it everything was cleaned up so i what i did threw a bag down took a rake and hand raked everything just to get that better soil contact and then i threw another bag on top just to be sure but Mm -hmm. uh I mean, it it took off really good. What are they? What is that Facebook group? Uh, poor man's food plots. <laughs> there's a few of them. There's no till plot. I yeah. mean, there's a bunch of different groups on there. Yeah, was, and it was pretty good. But I mean, so a lot of like summer stuff could be whether you're doing 
actual work. I mean, you talked about fire after yeah, we the haven't really TSI. Got into that too much yet. Either. So have at it. Uh, yeah, summer burning. So I mentioned that's a thing. Oh yeah, really? Yep. And there's different ways to get there. You could either wait until late summer, where stuff from. So this is 22 we're in. If you didn't burn in the spring of 22 and you had stuff growing there last summer, that dead stuff could still be, depending on what it is, there as thatch. So come July and August when everything's really dry and it's hot, you can burn through green whatever, mm-hmm. and that will set back more effectively what whatever it is that you're trying to burn off. Mm. Well, will that... <clears throat> will that take care of it through the year or is that something you're going to want to come back in the fall that's grown up some and spray it then you are, are we talking for like a food plot scenario or just, no just like your okay. timber or no, something no, like that i would not uh not, so after not you summer. burn it that should take care of it for yep. the most part and you then know. you're going to have fresh fresh stuff that winter if you sure. do a, if you do a late summer burn too could you burn uh I'm just kind of thinking like where I hunt. So I'm just kind of using that as an idea. But instead of mowing, like we've talked about before, like, okay, we're going to mow and then we're going to mow. Could you use that summer burn for those areas instead Mm -hmm. of mowing? Mm -hmm. So don't really mess with it right now. Let it do its thing and then burn it in the late summer. That's, that's a thing. Um, If it's too green though, to burn, like it can still be too green to burn Mm -hmm. in July and August. You can create thatch by mowing mm-hmm. tall, let mow it tall, and then you'll... That dead stuff in a few days or weeks. The dead stuff dries out and either shades out most of the green stuff or just doesn't nothing come back anyways, and you can burn that thatch on the ground. And it's easy to control that way, too. If a lot of guys aren't very familiar with fire, it kind of makes you nervous if you knock your fuel height down. Especially July and August, I mean, yeah. trying to burn in that, I mean, shit gets dry. Yeah, yeah. things could take off pretty easily. Take plenty it. of water. Yeah. You know, you'd be surprised just standing around a fire how how dehydrated you become. Oh, I, I bet. It's, it's yeah. insane. It's dangerous. Like, definitely have water. Um, well, can, that's not one way I've ever thought about fire before. You can do it You can do it with herbicide, too. So, say you had, like, a pa- pasture grass, like, brome or fescue, and that you're like, okay, I want to convert this piece of it to a food plot or just reset what's growing and try to get something else. You can mm-hmm. spray, kill it that way, burn it off, and then you have, again, seed-to-soil contact. You didn't disrupt the ground or anything. And if you can time that with, like, a rain that you know is coming, that'd be, like, a, a bonus. But there's, there's... There's that new green stuff, a fresh start. and Yep, you know. yep. There's There's couple different ways to to get there for a growing season burn and the benefits are more pronounced in a growing season burn than they are in a spring burn because like i said before in a spring you're essentially just wiping all the dead material off getting the debris out so you can take your ranger in there and spray or do whatever you need to do where in a fall or a summer burn and even into fall you're you're resetting that growth you're knocking back a lot of your invasives and stuff, they will be more subject to uh, die, I guess, more yeah. thoroughly yeah. in the summer. And in the spring, you might be just setting it up so that they can do better. Right, because they've got all those growing months to, mm-hmm. you know, I guess, 
they're they can invasive. Come back from the dead, yeah. whereas you do it, In you know, summer. later August or whatever, like you were saying, um, they don't have all that time after they've been after it's been burned to come back. Right. I mean, they don't have much of a season left. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, would you – I'm guessing you'd probably, and I could be wrong, want to avoid doing that, though, in, say, places you're hunting immediately by in the late burns. Because, I mean, you're burning in August. You're not going to have much vegetation, much cover for them come, you know, Not come October, September and early October. Right. Um, but, like, like, as soon as you hit a 70 – degree or less and even 80 degree or less window Mm -hmm. with the right moisture and like even dewy mornings you get fresh growth yeah so in in essence it's a food plot but it's just made up of whatever comes up right yeah whatever weed or grass so if you're if you're looking for cover then no no right if you have a tall stand of prairie grass and you're banking on that being cover then probably not but yeah, see, I'm not looking at the, what I'm thinking of as cover. I'm I'm looking at just basically access for me. Yeah, and I guess ease for for the deer to get into areas I want them to get into. I know deer can go wherever they want, but man, it's funny. I started mowing those those trails and access routes, and, and guess who uses love them? them? Yeah, I mean, why would you not use something that's easier to walk through? Um, that's my favorite thing about like the mulcher too. Like everybody wants to clear their pastures or clean their CRP up and stuff, but to go through like a stand of some really thick shrubby stuff and just make some paths and some nooks and yep create these just mazes mm-hmm. of I might openness. have done it um not with a mulcher not on purpose <laughs> I got lost it was nighttime and I thought I'm going to come out right here and next thing you know I'm calling Andy dude where am I at right now <laughs> so I, I we I, I actually did exactly bro. what you just <laughs> said <laughs> turn around I actually did what you just said on accident but it ended up being a great, a great thing because now it's just like this, this trail, I guess you'd call it, through thick, thick, nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know why my brush hall blade, blades are dull. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they use it. And and then I have another trail going, and they use it. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, and then I used it accessing mm-hmm. a stand that was through that thick, nasty stuff, so that I wasn't so loud. Right. You yeah. know, of a morning or whatever. And I mean, the morning I killed my big deer this year, I used that exact trail getting to that stand mm-hmm. um so oh i did see i did it on accident but it worked out well didn't it andy i'm gonna do it again this year i guess results don't lie <laughs> Pro- you probably don't want to mess with any trees unless you just plan on getting rid of the tree right like any type of right yeah so unless you just this time of year yeah. this time of yeah. year so because i mean Yep, because uh, like if you're pruning or if you like the tree, you don't want to do too much lemon because this is the stress season with drought and heat, and that makes them more prone to both parasites and fungus. And so, like we plan on going and do our stands here pretty quick. Probably shouldn't prune those if we plan on, you know. Uh, I mean, you can use your judgment. Like if it's a stem that's not overly large, okay, or like a branch that's not overly large, you're probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, but. Don't go cutting off like eight inch limbs or anything like no, that. They're usually just too smaller, much, too yeah, much yeah, stress shooting lanes, brush, stuff. brushy stuff, little twigs, and yeah, not gonna really affect no, it. You're not yeah, good there. Yeah, I feel like me, it's always a thorny locust tree anyway. And I don't <laughs> want, dude, I, yeah, I got a lot of thorny locusts. Give that thing all the stress that you can. That's right. <laughs> uh, the guy that I'm working on, he's the one over by Manhattan. He's trying to um, establish some um, for, new forest. And he's close to the Flint Hills on that farm. He has another farm that's in the Flint Hills. 
and I'm there spraying for Cerecia lespidiza the other day, and you can use the same chemical to spray shrubs because it's uh, pasture guard. It's mm-hmm. a brush killer. And so I'm like, oh, I might as well hit these honey locusts while I'm at it. And come to find out, he doesn't think that they're too bad because of how succession works, yeah. But <clears throat> hopefully I can get him to see it this way is that some things to take care of them up front, like honey locusts and hedge, is a lot better than waiting 20 years and trying to catch up. Right. Yeah. So you're coming back cutting down trees instead of sprouts. Yeah. Giants and yeah. And yep. And then they're all rhizomal and they compete underground and above ground and it's just a nightmare. So that's kind of a side note. But hmm. I don't even. Know. Oh, you said honey locust. That's why I started thinking about that. Yeah. But yeah. That's fresh in my mind. Yeah. So now I'm now I'm kind of. I wasn't expecting tonight to like sit here and be confused, but I mean literally. I was talking about the skid steer this weekend and like, will it be around? Will it not? And well, I'll just wait until it's back and then I'll do it then. But now I'm like, well, uh, oh, maybe a late summer burn or something, right? But you're gonna burn my damn house down. Don't want to do. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, you would have to. Well, be just there. make sure you got good burn lines. Um, though, if you like, what I tell people is a lot of times disking is worth it when you're burning because the benefit of the fire within the area yeah. is worth that little bit of soil disturbance around the outside. Right. Yeah. And that's the the best the best fire break is a disc line soil, straight soil. Mm-hmm. You can also plant that in clover or whatever too and there you go. So cuz you kind of got a border trail, don't you? That was yep. like I sure. wanted to yeah. do that with mine. My initial plan was to outline the entire border just in case I ever did want to do it, mm-hmm. do a burn. But it got so thick, and I mean, I was actually using Andy's brush cutter. I had my landowner's skid steer, but it was so bad I couldn't even get the thing through there. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's nasty, nasty stuff. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm probably just going to mow yeah. because mm-hmm. there's two large areas there that I'd like to turn into a fall plot. Fall plot. And if I mow it, then I might be able to spray it and till those up. And would you, I guess, would you, yeah, you'd till, you'd want to what till you, it, wouldn't no, you? What you could or do. Or you could burn them. No. Or. Nate wants to play a fire. <laughs> I want to play a fire. You want. Thanks, uh, Dustin. You have fine. options. <laughs> yeah. Depends on what's growing there. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly grasses, right? It actually is mostly grass. There's some thorny, nasty stuff here and there, what but I've, it's mostly grass. What I've heard of people doing, just to go back into the food plot stuff, but uh, you go ahead and throw your seed down, then you spray, and then that will kill, and that'll do your soil contact because that's going to push your seed down and that's going to keep the moisture in there and everything. So you wouldn't have to till it. So. Dustin says yes. Say, I listen. <laughs> Dustin says yes. But okay. Yeah. So Especially that, grass. Grass is the best, yeah. best version of that. Yeah. yeah. So. And then you don't have to even worry about tilling because it you would sp- be a pain in the ass getting something up there to do that. But yeah. yeah. When you spray, no, no. if you ever plan on <laughs> Andy using, says, I can get stuff anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just mow the whole thing. <laughs> uh, just a side note, glyphosate, mm-hmm. glyph- yeah, you can spray over seed fine. It won't affect it. Has it has to have it's a, a touch ba- yeah. leaf. Yeah. Yeah. But if you use 2,4-D, you have to wait. And pasture guard, that kind of stuff, you have to wait like 14 days, three weeks to be safe. Okay. Because um, it'll sterilize seed. Hmm. So. So there you go. That oh, way well, you don't have to mess with it, really. I mean, that's pretty That's pretty simple to do. You throw your seed or yeah, you spray and, and you throw your seed. Nice. And, yeah. yeah. So that'd be, that'd be a good way to start anyways. And if that don't work out, try something different, you know. Yeah, you could do – depending on how tall your grass is, you can either throw and just spray 
mm-hmm. or you can throw, mow, and spray. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm guessing I'm probably going to mow in the next few weeks. So why don't you go ahead that and throw first, your... That first mow, and it's more so I can get around mm-hmm. messing with trail cameras and stuff like that because I don't want to be walking through grass that's as tall as me. So why don't you go ahead and go through your seed before you mow then? Well, I don't want to do it in July. I want to wait. I'm going to do a fall plot. Well, I mean, would that work or is that, is that going to dry? Yeah, I would this? wait probably. If okay. you mow it this early, you're going to have more green grow too. Uh, yeah, it's going to come yeah. back. And I like last year I mowed now-ish and then again before uh, season hit just mm-hmm. so once again I could get to It was just strictly for access. Um, so, I mean, that makes sense. Really, the the mowing for now is just for ease of getting in and out of stuff, mm-hmm. and just you know controlling it a little more than waiting until the end of the year when it's real tall. But what else? That was it on the that really that I came in to talk about was this is kind of a time to manage what's growing, mm-hmm. but really just start thinking about what's the next month or two ahead because mm-hmm. there's so many multi step versions of it so you're kind of planning for that fall summer burn mm-hmm. am i gonna am i gonna mow the stuff down first let it dry out and then burn it am i just gonna burn it because it still has thatch from last year underneath i'm gonna spray it and then burn it mm-hmm. just getting that game plan and starting to watch your weather and just because a lot of things have to line up for it to work right right so do you um do you ever mess with planting trees where can somebody – I got I have a good buddy of mine. He's been hunting a long time. He's never heard of a persimmons tree. Mm-hmm. And I told him, you know, Are you going to call him out? Yeah, Robin Belzer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Robin. What's up, man? <laughs> never heard of a persimmons tree. Really? So, and deer love persimmons trees. Like, I mean – Yeah, the fruit. When they, yeah, yeah, the fruit whenever they drop. Where would somebody go about – getting good like fruit trees or something like that if they wanted to plant those do the you have conservation a, department conservation yep okay. i think i'm not even sure where the nursery is i think it's in rolla i think yeah i think they use the one in it's either rolla or like st james do you, yeah over there do you know if they can get uh like already well-established trees i uh, guess i know you can get most like of the them? you know sprouts. The, the sprouts and little t- <laughs> yeah. sticks. sticks the sticks that's stuff. what i call them most are the sprouts, sprouts. and i'm sure they have some that they keep somewhere that are yeah. established, but you might have to look more into um, nurseries or something. When like you that. when you're looking at nurseries, look at grow native nurseries when you can, because they focus on not bringing in Asian crap and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. grow native nurseries. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to tell him that because his thing is he wants it to be able to produce fruit before you know he dies, sort of thing. <laughs> right. So I don't know how they quick. grow. They grow relatively quick. Do they? Yeah. So I mean, I wonder what the once you Google that, how quick does a persimmons tree produce? How quickly does a persimmons tree produce fruit? You get a couple of them going, and they'll start to really proliferate too. I've seen areas that are you can tell which ones were the first ones, and then there's just a bunch of little ones around huh, yep. because you think they're dropping fruit just like everything else. <laughs> funny, funny story. Oriental persimmon bloom after five years, but do not bear fruit until after seven. So seven years. That's not grafted terrible. trees bloom within two to three years whatever the hell that means american persimmons uh, may mean, take several years to blossom grafting is when they put two trees together like one that's already established a little bit and then they will throw in so it's like two trees banging <laughs> kind of just touch tips it's kind of like avatar when they put their hair together yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then i mean truthfully and then like they cut like a slice off a tree and yeah then, yeah they 
You can do, do it at the right uh, angle. Try to make branches and different things sometimes. I've right. never I've never uh, messed with that. Like, that's how they would get – I can't think of it, but, like, you can mate an apple with, like, a pear, and it'll, like, produce a hybrid-type fruit and certain things like that. So, and I'm no genius GMOs. on this. Yeah. I'm no genius on that, but something, right something along those <laughs> isn't lines. That, isn't that how they got to where, like, apple trees, you don't have to buy a, uh, a male and a female? A male and a female. They now just produce because they grafted them over the years. I don't and know. that's something they did. Shit, I don't, I don't remember. Somebody told me that someday or at one point. But I'll tell you this much. Listeners were full of shit, have no idea what we're talking after, about, except for Dustin. After this show, my head hurts because, Dustin, you made me think. <laughs> you made my girlfriend think. Fire, Fire is always... Fire is good. Always your friend. It's never, it's never, looks like it can cause harm to like certain target things. Like you can scar up oak trees and you mm-hmm. can do things like that. But in the grand scheme of habitat management, it's never really a bad fire, but just some are better than others. Makes nice. Sense. But nice. if you upkeep your stuff and you do your burns annually, I mean, yeah, probably right. shouldn't have that issue, right? Right, right. Maybe that first one you did that. Everything was crazy. Really hot. The fire yeah. got really bad. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then and then when you really start breaking it down, you want to time it. You know, one year, you're going to do it in the spring. And if you have a good stand of native grass already, that, that spring burn is going to help blow up your native grass. Maybe too thick. And if you get your native grass where it's too thick, it doesn't have any diversity in it. There's no wildflowers and space between. You come in with a summer burn you set your grass back with a summer burn and now you have more forbs and more flowers and diversity good good mix of everything gotcha and in the end if you're like me and don't know what the hell this guy is really saying guess what you should do call dustin give him a call (laughs) now give me a call That sounds like a uh, infomercial. <laughs> yeah, one eight hundred JD Pie Rider. No, it's the siding. Uh, he uh, he oh, lives here. Yeah. Uh, oh, Continental Siding. Yeah, yeah. Call, Call now. now. No, but if you if you really you know are a guy like me who has some ideas but doesn't know really what you want to do and are just confused, give Dustin a call. Give your information. I'll give it again. 816-752-7390. Give him a call. I mean, he can come out and tell you what he would do. And it's not an expensive consultation to be able to do. And then you've got the the tools. Obviously, he'll do the work for you, too, which I'm sure he would prefer to do. Yeah, but. I'll say this, too. If I, if If I come out and you don't have me do work, I like to get a little something out of that because I'm an open book. But when I do work for people, I just can – that all goes into it. Right. Too, so it's not like you're the gonna, consultation's part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like you're paying a, a second yeah, fee yeah, or something, yeah. right? No, that's that's accounted for. So yeah, so I mean, it's kind of a win-win if you're really serious about doing something. It's <clears> it's kind of a win-win to have a guy that really really knows his shit. If you're gonna do, yeah, do if you're gonna do something, educate yourself, get somebody like Dustin to help you because if not, you're flying blind, and you can start doing harm as opposed to good. If you're you know your your goal is to improve your habitat, increase your Turkey numbers, deer numbers. I mean, those are things that you, you know, you have to get. Mm-hmm. You, you can you can hurt yourself and, if and you're not doing the right thing. Another right. important thing to remember in any of this too is there's never a one and done. That's it because oh, we have right. we got stuff coming in off the highways and we ha- you know things just change over the years and you have to stay up on it or it becomes this problem when Weeds it grew. used to be this problem. And yeah. Right. So you can't you can't just walk away from it, but. 
Well, you can. You can. <laughs> It'll be not thick. advisable. <laughs> yeah. It'll then be you're screwed. Real thick. Yeah. So nice. Well, Dustin, unless you got anything else, I I'd say that was that was a hell of an episode. My head yeah. hurts, like I said. Yeah, I had kind of like an outline of order, but yeah, it, it went, went, we blew it it went up, spider huh? web and Nothing back and ever forth. Did we touch on all of it? Do we, is there anything left on the on the order? No, pretty. We didn't talk any like specific hunting stuff, but I mean that's not really. Yeah, it's kind of hard to target that stuff right now. Yeah, we're it's, in between. It's, yeah, it's yeah. the early season. We'll have to have you on come later in the fall, whenever it is. Maybe some, like when would be a good next period? When do you think? We should start talking about the next stage, I guess you would call uh, it. Next stage of management. Yeah. Like your TSIs. And yeah, you're getting yeah. kind of back into the winter stuff. Yeah, but, okay. Um, as far as management goes. So. Okay. You know what? Before we do go off, uh, won't we talk about access? Because um, I know that's one thing you've always been big on is access, oh, yeah. right? Yep. Um, now's a good time for people to kind of plan their access routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, start maintaining them i guess you're right like yeah that's what i'm planning on doing when mm-hmm. i mow in a few weeks andy i know like that's what you're planning on doing in your places we're really working on our access routes right more than anything um you know how important do you do you uh how important those are the are things like that to you so yeah for me as far as my personal hunting endeavors access i know has greatly increased how many deer i see on a regular basis mm-hmm. Because I know that I'm 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 going to the same places that I used to go, but I'm having a lot more success. Okay. And and in a lot of those situations, the habitat probably isn't as good, because it, it we have a lot of public acres they can't get to all of it. Mm-hmm. But I know how the thermals work, and I know how the deer travel. And so, uh, in a layman's terms, if it's dark outside, you want to start low, and work your way high as much as possible and then the opposite if the sun's in the sky and then always with the wind in your face because in the morning and in the night your thermals move downhill mm-hmm. and so you put yourself where your thermals are already going to be right the the risky part of that is that the smart bucks and are also are already in the yeah they're spots, there yeah. so you yeah. got to move slowly and i was going to ask you so are you like are do you subscribe to the quiet and slow or disturb and get it over with in the, in the dark you know the guys that talk about the dark like oh. some people are like i i have no lights on some dudes are like dude i turn on a white light i nope. walk my ass to my where i'm going i get set up and i shut up i'm a combo of both mm-hmm. i turn my light on so i can see where my feet are going because you don't want to be breaking twigs and right. knocking over rocks and this and that and the light doesn't i've had deer underneath my tree stand three minutes after i got up and i had the light in even all the way up in the stand right and so i just don't think they don't have that cognitive awareness that that's a light in my opinion Mm -hmm. but combination of both be quiet as much as you can i'm always trying to sound like a deer when i'm walking yeah you know like irregular hopefully there's noise in the background but if there's not you just gotta you gotta be careful with it and you have Nate loping to the stand. <laughs> loping. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've started getting to where I I just I get to where I need to go. Um, I'm not sprinting, you know, or sounding like a – I'm trying not to be loud. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I when I first started hunting, it was like, step. Okay, I didn't make any sound. Yeah. Step. And, you know, it takes you 30 minutes to get somewhere where you could have taken you 30 seconds. When you think about how many other animals make noises in the woods. All of them. A lot. 
possums, squirrels, rat, whatever, whatever. What you don't hear a bunch of, unless it's like a buck chasing a doe, is breaking sticks and twigs mm-hmm. popping and, and stuff. running and yeah, yeah. So that's I talked about liking to feel things underneath my feet. I can be a lot quieter because if I step on a stick, I might feel it before it breaks, mm-hmm. and then be able to back off. Yeah, it's the breaking twigs that. And somebody once said, like, they know you're there. Yeah, it's, you're not fooling them. I mean, right. if they don't smell you, you make one sound. It's what is it? You you can, you can fool like you can sound not like a deer once. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'll they'll go. What was that? You know, and yeah, they'll go back to what they're doing. But the second time you sound not like a deer, they know you're not what they thought you were, and they're already on alert. So, and that that's always stuck with me a little bit. Is they're not stupid. I mean, yep. sometimes they act stupid, but they they know you're there. If you're walking through the dark and you've made some sound, mm-hmm. you know it is what it is, and just try not to be as loud as you are. But in the end, we are human beings, and we're yeah. we're clumsy out there. That that started with access, though, too. So, like, anytime you have like a drainage or a creek, I like to have some form of access there. It might be the creek itself, but mm-hmm. if it's high, you know, maybe you have just even a weedier path along along the bank of that to where you can walk quietly in the low valley when the thermals are down, and then the same thing on top. But I don't like to walk all the way on top unless I'm going straight out the ridge and down. The, you walk on the third line. We talked about right. that the last so time I was here, too. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Not skyline, and you have the thermal and wind advantage, too. Mm-hmm. So that's what I said that I'd run into coyotes when I'm deer hunting, and that's why. Because they run the same line because they can smell from a, from below and right. everything else. So hmm. Fascinating. But, well, it's, it's a time yeah. of year people are going to be thinking about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting ready to set our, our cameras out, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Andy's sitting there thinking about third lines. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he started talking about seeing coyotes. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I can use that. <laughs> to my advantage. I, I run into a lot of them head on. Like, And I do the same thing turkey hunting, too, because the wildlife areas, for instance, there's so many deer and turkeys that if I spook a bunch of deer, I spook the turkeys. Mm-hmm. And so during turkey season, I'm still hunting the wind. And those thermal lines – and I've killed three or four coyotes in the past few years head on with my shotgun because we were walking the same mm-hmm. path. And it uh, just, it's all been kind of revolutionary they're using, for they're me. They're using that scent to their advantage. Yep. Or they yeah. might they might back up, like if this is a lake here, the edge of this table, and this is all the water, I'm going this way and the wind's blowing this way. Mm-hmm. They might be going the same way or they might be going this way with the same right. plan. And that's happened too, where that we just like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. and they can't smell me, right? And so, which is what their that's main, what they want, yeah. Their main uh, mechanism of, of detecting things are, mm-hmm. yeah. Same thing with the deer, right? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a perfect time of the year for people to start thinking about what what they want to do in the next few months. A lot of people are putting trail cams out now, um, mowing. You know, are you mowing because you want to put trail cams out? You want to be able to get to them? That's not a horrible idea. I obviously. I'm one of those people, access routes, you start working on them. There's some people that are really crazy about their access routes, which is great. Um, like some people will even take a leaf blower and mm-hmm. clean the, the route that they have for that stand off and yeah, so that they don't break. make a freaking sound. Mm-hmm. That's big in your oak timber and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, we don't have any of that. No, <laughs> that, yeah, that works when no new stuff falls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Dustin, 
Great show. Um, you got anything else? I don't think. I mean, boys, got any other questions? I think that'll do it for me. Your head hurt? No. Yours? Oh yeah. Okay, good. I'm the stupid one then. <laughs> All right, boys. Dustin Williams, Habitat Works. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Give me a call. We'll do it. Catch you on the next. You can one. finally call him, Micah, or no? I'm going to at some point. <laughs> at some point, I gotta find the time to do it. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you doing here? What's I'm, happening? I'm getting on our computer. Just giving this to you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I had one and I forgot it. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, hey, <laughs> what's that very first one? <laughs> Just read that one, Andy. That's a good one. <laughs> you're the dad joke guy you've got to do it 175 best jet <laughs> oh, no. they're so bad they're actually funny yeah why did the football coach go to the bank why to get his quarterback <laughs> douche <laughs> douche alright guys thanks All for right, listening boys. this See is ya. the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast oh okay <laughs> later